friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Aaron Pearson. Aaron is an e-commerce marketing guru whose passion is to help provide stability, flexibility, and happiness to the online business owner. He is a nerd when it comes to online advertising and conversions. Aaron is a competitive runner and also loves to travel. The biggest joys in his life is spending time with his wife, Brianna, and his baby girl, Aspen. And then, as we just found out before I hit record here, hitting the slopes, snowboarding. So Aaron, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's so fun to see what Clubhouse has morphed into and then just fun relationships. So I'm super excited. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, as Aaron, as you just said there, you and I met on Clubhouse. I feel like I'm meeting a lot of really phenomenal guests on Clubhouse these days. And um, you are based in Texas, but the knowledge that you have and what the conversation that we're going to have today really is for anyone, anywhere, any business owner that, that is looking to grow their online presence. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. Awesome. Can't wait to talk. Well, let's let's get to know you a little bit. I know that you are in Texas. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what life was like growing up. Yeah, so I'm actually a transplant to Texas, technically from a small town in Kansas, which that's kind of uh, what started the whole business side of things anyway. I started a business when I was nine, ran it for nine years, and then went to college, basically sold it off to some friends. And that is what kind of gave me that entrepreneurial itch and more so what I wanted to do. But then I followed into what everybody said, which is go the, go the college route, go the corporate route, uh, which I did, and which led me to Texas. And then I very quickly realized that the corporate route, even working for another small business, wasn't really what I wanted to do. And that's how we ended up developing the agency that we did. But um, I still keep those small town roots to help those local businesses um, and help them develop their business online and scale online. So that's kind of the the whole purpose with how we've created it. You know, I love that. And I think that everything after 2020, I feel like every business needs to have some sort of an online strategy. So whether you're a coffee shop or whether you're a, a, a bookseller or whatever your your business is, having some sort of online presence and online strategy is extremely important. So you know, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about attracting your ideal customer through video. I've had a number of guests on the podcast that have talked about the power of video. The second that you can see somebody, you really um, have that opportunity to know, like, and trust them. So talk to us a little bit about attracting your ideal client and customer through video. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of hit the nail on the head, which is you want to build that know, like, and trust factor. And there's a way that you can do that through video. We set up videos, typically three to four different types of videos for our clients. And they all have a, a position in building that know, like, and trust factor. So we have what we call a thought reversal, which is a way to challenge your common misconceptions and beliefs about a certain industry. So for example, if you are you know, a mechanic or, you know, let's just say you're a mechanic that they have a bad rep for treating women badly or just taking advantage of them. That's just like a rep out there or a car salesman. You would challenge the common misconception or belief 
And what that does is that it positions you differently than what everybody else is saying. And even in like, let's just say real estate, if most people are saying like, hey, now's a great time to sell or now's a great time to buy, you want to be on the other side of that and position yourself to why you're different. But that thought reversal is just to get people to think differently than what they had before. So if you and I were sitting, and I give this analogy quite a bit, if you and I were sitting on uh, two sides of the street and you had a six on your side and I had a nine on my side, it's not that you don't see that six. It's just that there's a different perspective. You could go and look at that nine. And so if something isn't 100% true, then it's a belief. And if it's a belief, then it can be changed. So we use thought reversals to change beliefs about what people have about an industry or topic. And what this does is it positions the person as a thought leader in their industry right away. So that's really video number one. And it's why we lead with it because it packs the most punch and it really does like thumb stopping. It, it gets stops the scroll because people see hyperbolic or polarized text and they're like, okay, wait, I want to stop. I want to you know, go a little bit more. And it, it basically hooks them from the beginning. Now you said a word that I want to highlight. I've had uh, Brendan Kane on the podcast before and he is an author and his latest book is all on hook points. Mm-hmm. And a hook is incredibly important. How can you get someone to stop the scroll? And it's with that hook point. How do you help your clients uh, get a hook point across through video? Yeah, so we actually created a video around this. There's there's four main ways, but just tell you the easiest way is you can say something that is going to be appealing for them in the video, but most importantly, it's motion. I always tell people like if it's an Instagram story or if it's uh, a regular video, if you can just get something to flash across the screen or get you to jump into the screen or wave your hand, it instantly stops them for one second. And then at that point, now you've stopped them for a second. You've got to have a headline and the subject line or the headline that you're going to talk about that you're speaking to is like, I would make up if we're using on our real estate side of things, I would say renting a house is actually the best thing that you can do for your family. So I'd catch attention and say, Hey, if you are a homeowner or if you're renting a home, I'm gonna tell you why this is the best thing for you to do for your family or why buying a house is the worst thing for you to do right now. Just catch their attention at that point and do something that's polarizing and striking. Yeah, that's really interesting and um, a very unique tactic. So I think that what are your thoughts on showing up on the different avenues. So do you like live video or do you like having kind of the, that polarizing kind of like crafted video where you can help people create the video that to make sure that it stops the scroll or what are your thoughts on uh, just showing up on a daily basis or like Instagram stories? Cause there's so many different ways to show up on video. How do you help mm-hmm. your clients really show up and get their point across on a consistent basis? Yeah. So it it all starts with what they're comfortable with and what they have either A, if they've tested before they've worked with us or what we're going to test. So I need to know what they're going to be comfortable with and push them a little bit farther. And then the other 10% is testing. So we create those three style, three staple types of videos. And then everything else at that, at that point is just bonus because what everybody's looking to do through video is make an impact to have conversations, to use marketing, to attract people to their business, to have people say that they want to buy their products or services. And if you can do 90% of that through videos that are done evergreen and just consistently driving traffic, then that's the route I would go because it's less for the businesses. But I would be continuously testing new things like live video, like Instagram live. They just rolled out the ability for you to go live with like four people total now. 
So I would be testing those things, but that's 10% of your time because I think what gets a bad rep in people who listen to this podcast or any type of marketing podcast or anything like that is that they think they have to do everything when really it's the 80-20 rule. You only need to do eight, you know, 20% of it really, really well and you're going to beat everybody else because everyone else is trying to do everything. And so I do say spend a little bit of time testing and playing around, you should, but do what's making your business money and then do more of that. So it just kind of depends on the business, but that's our approach that we take with for them. And they, they have less burnout because of that too. You know, I think that that is a really good point. And it's, it's something that I teach a lot of my coaching clients that I work with and they're like, well, I need to be on all these social media platforms. It's like, well, no, just, just go with all in on the ones where your ideal clients and customer are is and be awesome on it. And, and show up on a consistent basis for them and give them a variety of ways to consume your content. I, I also know a lot of people feel like they have to post on social media like 30 times a day. And not all of us have the capability or have a team of 20 to do that for us. So mm-hmm. I think that showing up uh, consistently and just really knocking it out of the park with the content that you push out there is what is going to help you really grow. You know, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show about the 2020 and having to really pan, uh, pivot our business because of the pandemic and have that online shopping option, regardless of the industry. Talk to us a little bit about different trends that you see happening in the online shopping industry this year in 2021. Yeah. So the biggest thing is that, so ironically, so think about it this way. Um, when the shutdowns and lockdowns happened, people said that they wanted to shop local. What happened is they actually didn't because it wasn't available to them. 70% of our dollars went to larger corporations, only 20-ish percent to lo- went to local business. And the other 10% is kind of undefined on where it went. But 20% went back into our local communities. So that's why online is, is absolutely so important. And what we're seeing in 2021 is that in predictions for 2021 is that people are going to spend more to buy from a brand that has a purpose behind it. And it has a reason for what the way that they're doing things and they're doing it in an economical, more environmentally friendly way because green is not only hip or cool, it's a trend right now, but it's also something that people feel like they can get a hold of because it's a mission that a lot of businesses like that have. So that's a trend that we see. Um, and we see people paying more. Um, up to 20% more for that from a local business or from a boutique style business than we do the larger companies. And one thing that is even more important is that advertising costs, marketing costs are going to rise. Absolutely, it's going to rise. And what most people are neglecting is the current audience. So 80, 90% of your effort should be on getting people to come back and get them to come back more often and get them to purchase more. So your email list, your most valuable asset of anything in your business is your email list. And if we know anything about that right now, it's that if you can have a personalized experience, not just blast to all of your people who are on your list, but a personalized experience via email, you're going to have a sustainable business that's going to last the test of time. Uh, Because advertising costs are going to increase, but the cost for you to nurture your current audience is going to stay pretty much at the same level. So we have to take care of our current customers and not just keep seeking new ones. And we have to nurture those people and give them a personalized approach. And we need to find something that we're passionate about because that is what drives other people to be passionate for us and will ultimately lead to a deeper purpose, bigger purpose, um, and honestly, growth in the business. 
You know, you brought up an email list, Aaron, and I, you know, I do social media, but really all my followers on Facebook, Facebook owns those followers, all my followers on Instagram, Instagram owns those followers, email lists, you own all those followers, every single one that's on your email list, no matter if Facebook were to get shut down tomorrow, you still have your email list and you can still get in touch with them. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because I know a lot of businesses might say like, okay, yeah, I need an email list, but you know, how do I even, what offer do I give to them? So I would love to hear just a couple different ideas that you have for, for small business owners that are trying to build their online presence for, for that shopping option to, to have that great opt-in to grow their email list. Yeah. So first time I don't believe in discounts after they've become a customer. I do believe in acquiring that customer for a lower cost. So you could give something away, but I try to avoid a discount at, at all possible. I love giving away things for free or doing free shipping. I love those as options, but once they're a customer um, and they don't buy right away or say they sign up for your email list and they don't buy right away, it's kind of like those old infomercials you used to see your parents used to watch at like, you know, two in the morning. They would always say, hey, I'll sell you one knife. And then people are like, ah, for $9.99, no. And they're like, no, but wait, there's two knives plus this box, plus the sharpener, whatever else for $39. So they're stacking it. So what I would tell you to do is stack your offers don't give a discount, add more value. When you can add more value, people now, the reason people don't buy isn't because they don't want it. It's because they don't see the value there. So if you offer them something, instead of giving them a discount and and taking less profit, offer them something more to get more profit and add more value to your customer. So whatever that is, I can't give specifics because everybody's business is a little bit different, but find out what is a good complement to your, one of your products and add it together and do a stack and say, we're going to give you all of this together. And you don't have to say a discount, but I'm going to give you all of this for X price. And I would value stack it. Yeah, that is, um, it's funny because I remember, I remember those commercials like, ah, but just wait, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. if you buy now, then you'll get, you know, why, why, why not get the sharpener and everything else too? So that's a, that's a great analogy, you know? And I, I think that too, it kind of goes into the whole, online strategy with with your ads. And mm-hmm. a lot has changed um, just in this past year already with how we are able to promote ourselves and do our ads on some of those big social networks like Facebook and Instagram. I work with the home industry, so I already was a little bit behind the eight ball because of that um, housing demographics and, oh, yeah. and special ads category. But there are a lot of new ad changes that are being trickled down and affected because of um, the new iOS privacy concerns. Talk to us a little bit about what some of these new changes are and what some business owners should be on the lookout for, and then how we can still make sure that we're not spending $40 per click. Yeah. So one of the biggest changes that are happening is that so Apple got mad at Facebook and they just don't really like each other. I think it's a Zuckerberg slash Tim Cook don't like each other. And it's more of who owns whose data because Apple's still going to tra- track the data, not necessarily Facebook. And Facebook's still going to track data. So don't worry, people. Facebook's still going to track data, but they're just not going to track as much data. And so what that means is that you have to prioritize what you want to consider a lead or a completed registration or a purchase. And you need to go and tell Facebook what that is because that's going to be rolling out soon. And if you don't elect to choose that, then Facebook's going to make those choices for you. So you want to go in and make sure that you're doing that. 
But the reason that's important and explain the why here is Facebook has used what's called the Facebook pixel to gather data from people and, and gives you better opportunities for you to be in front of the right ideal customer for your advertising. When Facebook has less data, it has less decisions that it can make to optimize your advertising. This doesn't affect to me, the bigger companies, this affects the smaller businesses, but what's good about smaller businesses is that we're tough and resilient and can maneuver things. So a way to back up or to make this even better is to focus on the video because it's first party data that is not the issue. It's third party data. So if you go from Facebook to a Shopify store to somewhere else, then that becomes third party data. And Apple's like, Oh, we don't want you to do that. Uh, you need to get permission. But there's actually, just as a side note, before I explain the video, Facebook and Shopify are working on a partnership where they could actually trigger the Facebook event to happen inside of Shopify. So it actually translates as first party data. So all the events actually do get tracked. They're always maneuvering. We're always switching things up. But the one way you can combat this yourself is to use video and use video audiences because Facebook owns those audiences. So anybody who watches a percentage of your video, you can now remarket it to. Um, they may not be able to visit the website, but you can create video audiences for people who take different actions with you on Facebook. And you can start segmenting your own audience and, and building up your own audience size and start advertising to those people, probably a little bit more effective than what you could be um, sending them to the website. So video is even more, I think it's an underlying thing here is that video is just so important to get in front of your audience because so you can create those ads effectively. You know, and um, I feel like we're coming full circle on the conversation here. What do you think is the best length for a video? Um, we'll just start with the regular Facebook feed and then maybe move into to stories and, and Instagram. But what do you think the ideal length is for someone if they're like, all right, so I got it. If I want to have a good workaround for this new Facebook privacy and ads restriction thing, I'm going to make some videos. How long should these videos be in your opinion for Facebook? Yeah, this is a good question. I think everybody has a differing opinion. And I will tell you that the length does not matter. What does matter is the content. So I've tested this at length. Uh, we've had people finish hour long podcasts on Facebook for our videos, hour long podcasts. The video length has never been an issue. People keep saying to attention span because there's so many things going on, which is absolutely true. But there's still people who watch three hour movies like Titanic. There's still people who watch Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, etc. There's still people who watch hour long trainings through webinars. If there is so much value in the content, people watch till the end. That being said, I like that minute to two minute length where you're just packed full of content. And what I would tell you if you're creating a video audience is if it's over two minutes, I would remarket everybody who watches 25%. If it's less than two minutes, I would remarket everybody who watches 75%. Because I just want people to watch the video. And if they've opted in to say that they're going to watch for a certain length of time, I think they're an interested audience. So the length of the video, uh, again, we, we've tested it at length. Uh, what does best for us is that two to three minute length. But we release our podcasts as a premiere every single Monday. And we get people to watch literally until the end. Like the completion rate is probably about... I think the average view rate is about 45, 50 seconds for the podcast, which is an hour long podcast. So not that long, but if you take into consideration the average view on Facebook is six seconds, we have something to go off of here. So hopefully that answers your question, but I think the content matters more so than the specific length. Well, and it gets back to two with what you were saying, like having that strong hook point, 
having mm-hmm. something that calls somebody right at the beginning so that they stop the scroll and they want to watch just a little bit more. So that's, again, like you were saying, have something that's going to grab somebody's attention and get them to want to stick around and continue watching and see more of what you are all about. And I'd love it if you talk just a little bit longer. We're, we're getting near the end of our time together, but I would love it if you just spoke a little bit longer about maybe some different ideas for people if they are seeing some of their numbers drop with these latest changes with Facebook and Apple. I mean, not everybody on on earth has an iPhone and a Mac. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not affecting everybody um, that uses the platforms. But I've noticed with some of my clients that the numbers are starting to change a little bit. So what would you say to people if they're starting to get discouraged or maybe a different idea for them so that they can be like, ah, you know what, I will try that to, to see if that works and helps boost up my numbers. That's a, I mean, that's a really good point. It's, it's, I think what's we kind of alluded to earlier is that the cost is going to go up, but you have to look backwards into your numbers. So first off, have a base point to where you are like going to be profitable. How many leads do you need? How, or how many sales do you need? What's the lifetime value of that customer? And then more so, how many times can you get them to come back? Because in marketing, it's always who can spend the most to acquire the customer. And so it just costs a little bit more to acquire that customer. But if you know your numbers well enough, you don't really have to worry about the day-to-day stuff. But I think one tactic that you could use for your marketing and for your business is to create amazing content for your page, uh, whatever that may be, three, four times per week posting or two, three times per week posting, whatever it is and run well, page post engagement campaigns to get people to engage with your content. And then once they've engaged with it, then I would invite them to like it. Not if they, I would not run a like campaign, but once they've engaged with your content, then invite them to like it and build audiences around that. And then use video to nurture that audience and it's going to lower your cost. So we have this for one lead generation campaign client who does financial services, which is an expensive industry to get into. But our average lead through our video strategy is about four to five dollars. Without that strategy, we, which we run simultaneously to a cold audience, it's about seventeen to eighteen dollars. So literally over three times as much, and we drop the cost of that by using video to warm up the audience. So that's that's what I would say is create page post engagements and then create a video strategy for that audience to warm them up and just build up that no like and trust factor. No, like, and trust. It is extremely important, regardless of the industry that you're in. And the sooner that you realize that you are the brand and you start showing up through video so that people can get to know you a little bit more, I, it, it, it's going to help your, elevate your brand and help elevate your sales. Well, Erin, this has been such a great conversation. I want to just ask you a quick, one more quick question. You know, What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received for your business? Because all of us, I never expected to be an entrepreneur. I, and it was, if it weren't for the people that were willing to give me the gift of their time and share their, their tips and advice with me, I wouldn't be where I am today. So what is one of the best pieces of advice that you have received for your business and how you implement it as part of your overall strategy today? Yeah, it, it actually goes much bigger than that. And that's a great question. So thanks for asking, because I was thinking about that the other day, which is it's a who, not how, meaning in every area of your life, you can hire somebody else who's already walked that path and give you the expertise. And you don't always have to pay that person. So for me, I hired a running coach. Uh, we did 
marriage counseling before we got married. We hired business coaches. I hired a YouTube consultant. I even hired somebody who spent like $150 million in Facebook ads to help me with Facebook ads. So it's always asking the question, who, not how, because there's somebody out there who's walked in the path that you have before. And the path of least resistance is so much nicer of a path um, than trying to beat your head against the wall, trying to figure out the answer. So that's what I believe. And then that lets me get out of my own way and help more people. So that's the best advice that I've ever been given. And then also how you define success is, and this kind of maybe a, a caveat or an A, which is success should be defined by using your God-given talents more than uh, what society tells you. So just focus on yourself at that point and what success is to you. Um, and once you do that, everything else kind of falls into place. And this has been such a great conversation, Aaron. We have gotten a lot of great tips about ads and video and business. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. If any of the audience wants to connect with you further, what is the best way for them to connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go and um, Instagram is probably the best thing. You can either go and follow me personally at Pearson Aaron J or everything online for our company is bit branding. So that's B I T B R A N D I N G. So everything bit branding website, social media, everything there and happy to connect and give any free advice or uh, however I can continue to help people. You know, Aaron, and I want to make sure too, for those people that are on Clubhouse, how can they find you on Clubhouse and connect with you there? Because like I said, you and I met on Clubhouse and it was by having a fantastic conversation there that we decided to, to do this podcast. And so I would love people to have the opportunity to connect with you on Clubhouse too and join the conversation with you over there. Yeah. Everything out there is just Pearson Aaron J. So my first name, last name, first name, and then my middle initial. Middle initial. So Pearson Aaron J or Aaron Pearson. There's probably not too many of us like that, but uh, find me on Clubhouse and I'm always talking in rooms about e-commerce or brand building. So, and which by the way, Katie, we need to do some rooms together too, but probably another topic, but that would be fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Count me in. Well, thank you again so much for coming on to the show today. This has been a pleasure having this discussion. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.